The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The decrees of the Lord are sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is clear, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The ordinances of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, even much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and drippings of the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is your servant warned. In keeping them, there is great reward. But who can detect their errors? Clear me from hidden faults. Keep back your servant also from the insolent. Do not let them have dominion over me. Then I shall be blameless and innocent of great transgression. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Here in some reading. Thanks be to God. Uh, this morning, if you're joining us, we're, we're in the middle of a series I've titled uh, Rituals. Uh, where last week we looked at forgiveness, uh, this week we're, we're looking at healing. Uh, as we look at that, we're looking at Psalm 19. And as we hear the words of the psalmist, we, we hear that the word of the, the Lord is able to revive a soul. The law of the Lord is perfect. Uh, the decrees of the Lord make wise the simple, make wise a human being for life. Uh, the, the precepts of the Lord are, are right, bringing a rejoicing to the heart. And so the psalmist is delighting in the ways of God and seeing the way of God, uh, a way to live life, uh, as John 10.10 10 says, abundantly. Uh, Jesus says these words, I've come that you may have life and have it abundantly. And so when we think about life, God's intent for us in Jesus is that we would know abundance. Uh, when God created you, when he created your innermost being and, and purposed you with life, he purposed you with great purposes. And yet in life, we, we, we find uh, we encounter brokenness. Uh, we fall short ourselves. Others fall short in relationship with us. And we can drift from the, the good purposes of God for giving us this abundance of life. The kind of abundance of life that we are offered in Christ is an abundance that wells up within us and then overflows from us. It's not a promise to, that you will live completely free from pain and injury and difficulty, but it is that in every circumstances of life, because you know the ways of the Lord, because you walk with him, you'll be able to thrive like someone. Uh, uh, people will look at the way that you live life, even in the middle of difficulty, and say, well, this is what it looks like to live life well. They have something. There's a wisdom to them that enables them to live differently to the way I know to live life and respond to difficulty. And so here we see the psalmist who, who is delighting. Uh, in John 10, we have the, the promise of God that uh, if you come to him, uh, come to him that you may have life and have it abundantly. 
Last week we, we looked at rituals and how rituals are a system of religious or other rites of passage. They're a, a method of approach or response of drawing near to God who is holy, uh, of responding to a life that is unholy in order to come back into a place of closeness to God. Uh, rituals is a legal response to religious law. We, we looked last week at the, the problem of wrongdoing, the, the necessity of forgiveness uh, when uh, wrongdoing happens so that wrongdoing is multiplied. Uh, I described it as if, as if someone, uh, when they do wrong to you, what they do is they come and they plant a seed in your garden. And they don't ask your permission and you don't see it go in necessarily. But what you do see, if not dealt with over the years, is it grows up. And uh, we just cut down recently some of the weed trees that have uh, been generously planted by the birds of the area. And that's what can happen if we don't do forgiveness in life. Use this ritual that God has given us in order to uh, experience a, a cleansing from the world that we live in and enjoy the abundance. See, the, the abundance that God planned for us is not the abundance that someone else planted in us. It's the abundance that He planted in us when He created us as people. And yet we find ourselves uh, at looking at the end of Psalm 19, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. And we can look at our, our lives. We can look at our hearts, the, the words that come out of our mouths and go, oh, there's, there's something there that's not quite right. Uh, James talks about it, how uh, two streams can't flow from the one river. You, you can't have a stream that, that is bitter and salty and one that is fruitful and pure. And... So where does a, a salty stream, where, where does bitterness flow from? It, it flows from a place of brokenness and unforgiveness, of a place that's needing healing in order to produce abundance. Uh, last week I talked about forgiveness as something that we, we need to do before God. Uh, when I talked about it, I, I talked about it in a way that it was something that we could do apart from going to someone else. Uh, I was really intentional about that. Uh, often... Uh, We'll say, oh, I just need to go and forgive that person. Oh, I've forgotten about it, so I don't need to do anything. But this ritual of forgiveness that we talked about last week, actually going through these motions of drawing near to God and saying, I forgive this person, are really important. If you don't do that before you go to someone who's done wrong against you, often you'll go into that relationship expecting something from it. Uh, so... Uh, Separating uh, reconciliation from, from healing, what we're doing is separating the in-person actions from the in-heart work. Uh, so, so something has been done uh, that has really hurt me. Often I feel like I want justice. And if I haven't done the work of forgiveness and I go to someone, and I'm not saying that we don't pursue justice, and I go to someone, I'm going to want something from them in, in order to offer forgiveness to them. And if, if I say, I forgive you for this, and they give the wrong response, often we'll go away and we'll have to deal with that forgiveness problem again, won't we? Because you say, I'm really unhappy with the way that you said that to me or you did that to me. And they say, oh, well, you go away and you, you're immediately you have, to, you have to forgive them again because you recognize that they... Uh, <laughs> 
they haven't acknowledged that what they did was wrong. And so I, I talked about forgiveness as a ritual that we do apart from that reconciliation or that meeting or that in-person forgiving because it's really important to have our hearts in the right place even before other people get their hearts in the right place. In the same way that you can deal with your garden, but it's pretty hard to deal with your neighbor who doesn't cut the lawn, right? So we have power over us. We don't have power over others. But when, we, when someone does wrong to something, to us, uh, it's, it's very hard for the, the, the words of our mouth and the meditation of our heart to be in an acceptable place before God because we want to talk about them to others and say, can you believe what this person did to me? And other people then uh, agree with us and, and we feel a little bit justified ourselves. Or as we think of that person, we, we might feel uh, hate towards them. We might feel anger. We might feel rage. Uh, we, we may feel shamed. It, it just depends on the wrong that was done towards us. And, and so it brings the question for each of us, well, what is my response? What is our response to when damage happens? When someone does wrong to you, how, how do you respond in, in your heart and in your mind? And you, you might be someone that talks about it a lot. You might be someone who bottles it up. And you, you may have gone through that process of forgiving that person, and yet you're still... We can still carry that hurt in our hearts uh, because when someone does something wrong and we, we forgive them, there's still emotions that are left over as a result of something that's happened. I, I shared a, a different illustration at 9. You often get different illustrations at 9 versus 10.30. I'll, I'll share a story with you that I don't share often, but actually fits the, the context of the, the weekend, the coronation weekend. I was given this task when I was in year seven at school. And the, the task was to uh, put an argument before the class as to why Australia should continue as a monarchy. And I put together what I thought was a, a pretty good argument, uh, some good bits of humor in there. I thought my, my joke about Women's Day having nothing to write about was pretty good, but it didn't, <laughs> it didn't get too many laughs. And at the end, at the end of the talk, uh, my, I sat down at my desk, my teacher hopped up at the front, and he tore it to bits. Tore it to bits, and he invited the other members of the class to, to tear it to bits as well. Obviously, he wasn't a, a monarchist. But in that moment, I kind of buried my head in the desk and wept a few tears that no one else saw. And in that moment, what I experienced was extreme hurt. Uh, now, what was the fruit of that? What did that grow up into uh, for me in life? Uh, well, what I would then do when I public spoke to people is I would disconnect from that because it wasn't safe to put my emotions in that place of talking uh, to other people. And so uh, I might find that I was quite monotonous in the way that I talked, uh, struggled to have passion, and there was another element to it. There was no space in my mind. Uh, uh, there, was a, there was an anxious nervousness, and it meant I could get out what I had written, but I, I couldn't think on my feet. And so that was the damage that was done. That was kind of how it grew up. In my life and even stepping into ministry I, I got over some of that but yet this damage was still there 
I'd never really thought about it as something that someone had planted a seed in my life and that had grown up into a tree. And it came to a time probably probably almost 10 years ago where uh, I went through uh, doing a bit of an audit of my life. Who are the people that I maybe need to forgive that I haven't forgiven? And so that's that ritual that we talked about last week. And I'd encourage you to do a bit of an audit of your life and, and look at some of the seeds that have been planted and maybe the, some of the things you need to deal with. I, I was doing a bit of an audit and God drew me to this moment of hurt that was just still a, a, a clear memory for me. And as I brought it before him, uh, I was very much aware of the, the hurt and the pain and the emotion still connected with it. And as I prayed about it with someone else, God brought a significant healing to my heart. Do you know what the fruit of that was? The next day I hopped up and I spoke, suddenly there was this cavern of space in my mind that I could suddenly stand on my feet and think with clarity in a way that I couldn't do before. Uh, so suddenly... I was able to engage differently with speaking with people in front of a crowd and no longer anxious in the same way. Uh, no longer, when I looked back at that incident, did I feel the, the shame and the, the trauma and the, the sadness related to that. So today I'm talking about healing, how, how when someone does wrong to us, that causes brokenness in us. And as God heals that, he cuts down the tree, removes the roots, and enables us to be people that live in the abundance that he has prepared for us in Christ in spite of what other people have done. So the, the problem of wrongdoing is it creates a necessity of healing to right what is wrong. And so what we're talking about this morning is, is the Christian prayer of healing, bringing healing to our innermost being that uh, we will be able to say that the words of our mouth and the meditation of our heart and all times are acceptable to God because he has brought healing and hope, restoration and renewal even to those deepest places. Uh, when, when you first become a Christian, it's like opening the, the door to your house. Uh, as you grow in Christ, he, he doesn't want to just remain at the door with the door open. He wants an invitation into every room within our life and as we invite him into the the different places of our life the different hurts of our past where we can be confident that he will bring who he is he is the the healer he is the light in the darkness he is the one that brings hope he is the one that restores damage renovates rooms in us in order that we would be abundant people full of life in him and so Kirsty's going to hand out a handout to you this morning. If you missed out on last week's handout and you want it, do send me an email and I'm happy to provide you with that handout. This handout's a number of steps that we can take to really invite God into this place. What I want to encourage you is, is that it doesn't need to be complex and sometimes simple prayers can have powerful results. And, and so uh, I'll put the steps up on the screen, but you also have the steps in front of you. Uh, and might, something might come to mind as, as you, you look at the questions on, on the page. And you might like to hear where we're at, step through it. I'll give you a moment after this 
uh, where Kirsty will play and uh, you can reflect and maybe you can step through some of these steps with something in life. Uh, so what is a memory or event that causes you pain? When you think about it, uh, it's had an impact on you, changed the, the course of life even minutely, maybe changed the course of relationships. How do you feel about it when you think of it? How do you feel about this event uh, when, when you think of it? What's a memory or event that's caused pain? And how do you feel about it? Uh, you, a way to do that might be to close your eyes and just uh, most of the time we, we can picture that event or you, we can picture what has happened and just in that moment I identify what, what are the emotions that I feel associated with it, both positive and negative. God doesn't want us to hide from us being a whole person. Then tell Jesus about it in your own words. Tell him how you felt about it. Tell him what you experienced. Tell him uh, the pain that it caused you. And in that moment, just be aware of yourself. What are, what are the painful emotions that are associated with the event? Uh, if the emotion is, is sinful, maybe if there's a hate or an anger or an unforgiveness that's sitting there, uh, ask God to forgive you for holding this. Since this is last week, receive that forgiveness. Uh, do that business with him in order to be in a right place before him. And maybe if you're ready, maybe you need to forgive someone else in that place of uh, just identifying your emotions and your response and people's interactions, maybe someone doing wrong to you. Uh, but let me encourage you that in order to receive God's healing, it's not a necessity uh, to forgive someone beforehand. Sometimes the response to God bringing healing to us is that we are ready for forgiveness. He, he empowers us through his healing in order to forgive. That's the end point that he wants all of us in. Because remember, if you, if you don't forgive someone, you're, you're leaving a seed in your garden. If you're undealt with it, eventually will grow up and we don't know what kind of tree it is. Uh, so those are the first three steps. The, the fourth step is, is this, ask Jesus to take the pain, painful emotion from you. God, please, ta Jesus, please take this shame from me. You. You, you don't need professional words. You, you don't need words that sound holy. You just need your words. Jesus, please take this anger from me. Please take this sadness from me. And then invite him in and say, Jesus, heal, heal this wound in my soul. Heal this wound that this event has caused in my soul. And as we pray and ask him to do that, we can be confident. You know, when I pray for people that they would receive physical healing, I sometimes see God heal and, and work miraculously. I sometimes don't. 100% of the time, if someone is wanting healing, I see Jesus heal what is deep and hurtful. Now, sometimes that takes time. Sometimes it doesn't always happen when it's just us. Sometimes we need someone else uh, to encourage us and speak God's truth and life uh, into our lives. But uh, Jesus is bringing life to us from the inside out. That's, a, that's the way he works. So I'm, I'm confident that as you come to him and you ask Jesus to heal the wound in the soul that you've experienced that's caused by wrongdoing in, in your life, that, that he will do it. And so then what you can do to, to see if this has happened is you can think back to the event. 
to the event that you started with as you felt the emotion, as you thought of it at the start. You can think back to it and as you think back to it, maybe picture it. Just be aware, has my emotion changed? As I think of this event, has, has the way that I, in my heart of hearts, respond to it changed? And if it has, then you can thank him and you can ask Jesus to fill your thoughts with peace and love and joy. And if you can ask him if there's anything else that he wants to give you, maybe truth that he wants to plant in that place about who you are and your value. Uh, but maybe you haven't. Maybe then you need to go back again and you need to maybe deal with some forgiveness things and maybe then invite Jesus to heal again. And if you hit a roadblock, I'll put at the bottom my email and our, our church phone number and I'm happy to walk through these things because none of us are unique in that we experience brokenness in life. But sometimes we do need others to walk alongside us in this path of healing and his gift to us is other people. Psalm 19, the law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. These are things that he's set in place in the way that his kingdom works. And that's his delight to bring to you on earth as it is in heaven. Kirsty's going to play a little bit of music. I'm going to pray for us and I'll, I'll give you a moment. Maybe there's something you want to bring before God. And so use the steps on the sheet in front of you and uh, see what he will do. So Lord, thanks uh, for this time where we consider you as the one who heals us in our innermost being. Uh, we, we pray uh, that you would draw our hearts and our minds to things that you are wanting to bring healing to. And so Lord, as we bring these things before you, uh, we ask that you would work in us in the name of Jesus. Amen.